summoned through the dimension of sound. People explore the musical world, which they believe to be true. But there is a world, unheard by some, that is filled with stories of an unknown reality, a jazz side. Episode 15 of Tales from the Jazz Side with drummer-composer Buddy Williams will be presented in two parts. This is part one. My guest today on Tales from the Jazz Side is with a living legend, (laughs) drummer Buddy Williams. Hey, Butson. Finally, you got me on this thing here. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yeah, finally. Congratulations. <laughs> finally. Um, you know, Mark Egan was a guest on the show last year, oh and I mentioned Lord. that I wanted to have you on the show. And just like everybody else, when I mention your name, mm-hmm. everybody goes, oh, yeah, man, Buddy Williams. Oh, yeah, Buddy, Buddy. But anyway, um, we came to the conclusion that uh, you've played on every album ever made. Oh, my God. How about every good one? <laughs> a couple of bad ones, but every good one. Yeah, so, uh, but you have a, a, a really amazing discography. And before we get into that part of your history, I wanted to ask you, and I know you told me this oh. a long time ago. Yeah, but say uh, it for the folks, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it clean. <laughs> okay, but you told me a while back, your nickname, Butson. How did you get that nickname? Oh, oh Butson. Well, um, I'm, I'm uh, Buddy Williams uh, Jr. If I mean, I don't, it's not on my ID my dad was named Buddy Williams. He sang with a group called the Charioteers. Uh, they were from the 30s. Uh, uh, they were uh, Olsen and Johnson on broad. They were on Broadway in Hell's a Poppin'. Uh, so I'm Little Buddy. I'm I'm his. I'm I I grew up all my life. Uh, piano music, you know those guys. I mean I didn't know. I mean, I knew the A on the piano. They'd play it. Everybody teases me about the perfect pitch thing. But, I, I mean, he played games with me. And, and Uncle Yubi living down the block. So these music genius guys like that, they, I was always around them. And I saw, like, you know how little people, you know, you, get, you got a kid that's around a carpenter, uh-huh. he's going to be a carpenter. Yeah, that's you right. got a kid that's around an electrician or, or my uh, brother in California is a mechanic on trucks and cars. Uh-huh. And his kid turned out to be working on trucks and cars and then, he went in the service and works on the the Blackhawk oh, yeah. helicopters yeah, yeah, that yeah. went and, oh, I ain't supposed to say that, but, but that, that went and did <laughs> some of them jobs that we ain't supposed to know about with the disco ball on oh, the butt. Absolutely. But anyway, I digress, <laughs> but I've always been a little buddy or buddy junior, so um, when it was time to, um, uh, you know, uh, name uh, my company or whatever, I was always Bud's son. Right. Ah, so I'm Bud's son. Right. Now... When we go to uh, Japan, people always call you Buddy San or yeah. you know yeah. the San yeah. because that's a Mister or that's the uh, proper endearing uh, in your language, mm-hmm. uh, Mister or Miss, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it's the opposite. They say your name and then San. So a lot of folks used to think it was because of uh, Japan. Yeah, Bud San too. You know they would do that. But I was Budson before I was going to Japan, and Lord knows. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, I I went to Japan at 16 with Herbie Mann, uh, Easter, wow. an Easter vacation yeah, because yeah. Uh, Bruno Carr left him hanging, and he uh, had seen me already play at Music and Art with a lot of other, uh, you know, Dave Valentine, uh, Rashid Ali, uh, 
we all had a band, had bands together. My group was uh, Natural Essence, and and we were playing in high school, and and those guys said they, they play like grown folks. <laughs> so, uh, old right. people talk. Right. And you were how old? It was sixteen. How old were you? Sixteen. 16 that was high that? school days. Yeah, yeah. But I went to play with him, and I and uh, that's when he first heard Buddy Son or ah, that thing like that. Okay. But Butson comes from uh, me me being named after Big Buddy. Ah, okay. I mean this house, everything. You know, 1933, he got this house. Oh, okay. $1,200. Wow. And we're sitting right now in Bed-Stuy. Amen. So, uh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> it don't look like it no more. No, not look at like all. like somewhere else. I'll be quiet. Okay, well, let's let's get back to uh, the drumming and the universe and every album in that universe uh, and the fact that you've played on all the good ones, as yeah, you said. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sure that uh, the young musicians who are checking out this show and, and anybody else uh, who want to know, uh, how did you build such an extraordinary, extraordinarily huge body of work? Because you're like on hundreds and hundreds of albums. How did that? How did you just, just you know? Luck of the draw, because I never said said no to people to okay. play their projects. Um, I played on a lot of different people's stuff because it was a lot of friends uh, that. Um, look, Angie Bofield. For instance, I know everybody want to hear that yeah. stuff. So Angie <laughs> Bofield was a high school friend of ours. We were all in in high school, but she didn't go to music and art. She went to a Hunter High School college for girls and whatever. And but she was in all city chorus. And me going to music and art high school, uh, you had the the creme de la creme up there. So half the school was in all city chorus so the angie lived in the projects right behind music and art up there on music and arts on 135th street on the top of that hill up there okay. in the middle of city college she lived she's from them projects on uh, amsterdam down there okay yeah i know where those are so on her way home she come and hang mm -hmm. with the crew yeah. and her and you know but yeah. she was hanging up there with everybody i met her but she was a great she was writing stuff dave valentine's writing stuff Rashid Ali's writing stuff, Nat Adderley's writing stuff, everybody's writing stuff. Come play, or you'd be there when they're writing, and you play some stuff to it. I never really said no. Mm -hmm. been, I'm more than blessed. It's just the luck of the draw. I can't play it off that, uh, yeah, I can play, but I never said no. Right, right. So, yeah, the different eclectic folks, and then you got, I mean, look, I played on a Andy Bay record in high school. Wow. Uh, oh, the record's on the wall up there. But then Andy Bay, I'll show you after. Okay. Andy Bay did a record for Atlantic Records. It's me and Alex Blake. Wow. And our teacher, his name is William Fisher. Uh, Bill Fisher would use, you know, he would use us young guys. He knew we could play. Right. He introduced us to these guys like Herbie Mann and all that. Why? Right. He was teaching at Music and Art mm -hmm. in the right on uh, black... Uh, you know, 1968, there's, there's a, oh, my boy's got a new record coming out, oh, 1968, where he shows all the stuff that we did mm -hmm. or what the world was doing in 1968. So in those days when we were saying power to the people and right on, we need black people in school. Right. This teacher, can't, we get, they got several black teachers. Bill okay. Fisher was one of them. Okay. Valerie Capers, the oh, blind pianist yes, genius. Yes. She was my professor in, in, she was my professor in uh, Manhattan School of Music. You had these people that encouraged and nurtured you right. as a musician but as a black musician because i mean they all talking about 
Mozart, which he ain't bad, but I mean, you know, <laughs> right. you in the middle of Harlem. Right. Y'all didn't even want to acknowledge that Beethoven was black. Y'all right. were saying, they got mad at you when you said that. Right. Right. I said, look at his afro. And I'm on his birthday, by the way. Right. So, oh. so, so, so they, they, you know, yeah. we, they really introduced us to, we had no jazz in our school. Okay. We started doing our own thing, and Mr. Fisher came, and he, they, the, what jazz did they have? Glenn Miller or the right. big big band thing? Right, right. right. Okay, great, right. Yeah. great. But that was, right. you know, what you in the middle of Harlem, yes. and y'all ain't saying nothing about the Cotton Club exactly. and the real bands and, the whole and stuff. Renaissance that was happening. So there. how did I get to play on these different things? I never said no. I always played. We rehearsed in the basement of the Apollo, Luther, uh, Carlos Alomar, Robin Clark. These are all stars wow. of the music world. We grew up together. Nat, I, I keep saying Nat, yeah. and I can't say his real name on your little thing here because it'll okay. be censored. That's okay. So, I saw, okay. He, he knows it too. <laughs> See, Nat, I'm being nice. I didn't say it. You are. I'm being nice because every, everybody that knows me knows what his name is. Right. You know. So right. Right, right. I grew up with a lot of gifted, uh, talented people that allowed me to play with them and contribute to that because no man's an island, you know, you can't, right. you can't, you know, row, row the boat by yourself, you know, everybody's trying to get from one side to the other side, you got to work together, like me and you with Michael or whatever, right, exactly. same thing, Michael Franks, guy called me and said, hey man, come on, come on over here and play on some of this stuff, yeah, we um, got a cat named Michael Franks over here, I heard him, and, but what they knew was I knew how to play with singers, see, I'm a, I'm a, that big buddy thing, Yes. my father was a singer, and you knew that you had to play nice, play together. Don't come in there beating everybody up because you the drummer. You get fired. Right. I mean, you know. <laughs> True. So you dynamics and all of that. And I, you know, I'm being silly, but no, no, the, no. the core of it is is because oh, yeah. yesterday somebody asked me, uh, "Oh Lord, I'm gonna be in trouble now." We watched the Stevie Wonder show the other oh, night. Yes, yes. And it was fantastic. Another, but then you get some guys that call me and said. What's wrong with these drummers today, man? Mm -hmm. They're playing all that. Anyway, they, they're doing a lot of stuff. You know what they said. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, they didn't have nobody to tell them no. You know, they, they didn't have nobody to challenge them. Right. People kind of just let them go now. Right. These, these cats are today, and I know I'm going to be in trouble for that. But lot, <laughs> listen, I could never play what those guys are playing now and keep a gig back in the day. Because it was like, everybody had to stay in their lane. Not that they didn't know how to play that. Right. It was like, you you know, some old people say, you do that on your gig. Right, right, But right. Not, not on my gig. You play my part here. That's why they would hand you a part, and you better read it oh. and shut up. Okay. Now, wait a minute. You play that and then say, okay, but you mean this, right? And then you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but first you have to acknowledge the piece of paper. The man wrote that for a reason. Mm -hmm. And then you get those guys like Bill Eaton and, and Ralph McDonald and Bill Salter. Mm -hmm. They get you in the studio and you sit down and you waiting for one of Bill Eaton's intricate, not intricate, but one of his yeah. parts. And they, they give you a blank piece of paper and the title of the song. Oh. And they look at you. Quincy does that, too. Wow. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, because he tells you what wow. chords are. And then you, you write down whatever it is. But see, some people take offense to that and say, if I write a part out here, you need to pay me for that. Oh, wow. Because you didn't write no part for me. Yeah, so that's yeah, my thoughts, yeah, my yeah, ideas, yeah. my... And some people think that's, that's uh, um, selfish or... Uh, um, 
what's the word, oh, mercenary. Yes, yeah. yeah. You know what uh -huh, I mean? Yeah. And it, that, but it's a different era. Each, we're used to, in the studio, you're used to people writing a chart for you. Yes. What do you want me to play? Right. And right. then you get the, the great gods, and I can't say their names yeah. on, the, uh, on your tape here, but you know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. They go, uh-uh. <laughs> if, if you don't write something down here and I play it, you've got to pay me for uh, writers. Right. That's how I got uh, writer's credits on a lot of these uh, different projects. Uh, uh, Bob James. Uh, you get writer's credits because right, right. you come up with an idea. Yeah. Always remember, money, money, money. Uh, with Anthony Jackson playing for the uh, playing on that Philly International recording session. Yeah. Gamble and Huff were men enough and honest enough and righteous enough to play to pay him as a as a writer because. Dun, 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 dun. That he wrote that. They didn't put that down and say do this. Interesting. In fact, the guitar player gave him a pick, a guitar pick to play, and he played that. Bolt. So he got credit. He got writer credit. He got a new Mercedes every year. How about that? Oh man! <laughs> every year, somebody yeah. sampling it. Look at Donald Trump. Got to pay him. Yeah, <laughs> it's his theme, yeah. right? That's right. That's and right. I, and he'll tell you if you see Anthony, any all of these bass players that's listening now will tell you he got to pick that day and went up and down. He had he never played a pick. That he is wasn't. so interesting. But that's what I'm saying. Some people have are righteous enough to pay you for your writer's credit because those ideas came out your head. You right, didn't write right, that. That's right. My part I'm playing right now, you didn't write you didn't write that down. Interesting. You gave me a bass yeah, player's yeah, part yeah, or yeah. you gave me a thing. Right. You didn't say boom bap 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 bap. But right. you know, it depends on who you're dealing with. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm this starting is, trouble. No, no, no. This is, I never under, I didn't know that. I didn't know, because some of the greatest um, recordings of. They didn't of, write that of, part down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't write that drum yeah, part down, yeah, trust me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you, they didn't. So, you know. Wow. So, how did I get on all of them That's things? Funny. Because I knew how to play with different people, and I never said no, being a, a, a parent at an early age in China take care of my, my little people and myself. Right, I right. was always on my own uh, and uh, paying my rent and stuff, and I really tried to, uh, you know, yeah, I was, uh, I was doing good and all that stuff, but my father said, I don't care if you're paying your bill or not, you better, you know what the rest right, he says. Right, so. right, right, right. And I loved, and, I mean, I was scared of my father, but I loved and honored my father, and I, wanted, I didn't want to disappoint him, so. Yeah. You know, now, I had when, to really with, work hard. With doing that, with not saying no and playing, uh, uh, having that stayed openness about it. We stayed in trouble, of course, yeah. but, buddy, you know. <laughs> um, is that why, I mean, in, when I look, look look you up on the Internet, they tend to put jazz drummer, but that's not true. Drummer. It's, a, it's, yeah, it should be Music. some kind of word for that, which is just like, you universal. know. Universal. Yeah, universal drummer. And is that how you were, is that what led you to being able to play all of these different because yeah, I never said no, and I knew how to play no. all styles because I would have, have, at, by the time I got, by the time everybody else was finding out about me, I had already been doing that a while right. and rehearsing and playing with all. I grew up with, uh, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a musician's kid. Right. I, I, Walter Booker's my uncle. Uh, uh, the Cannonball family, Cannonball Adderley, 
Family Cannibal, Nat Adelie Sr., um, Walter Booker, Roy McCurdy. Oh, that's my drum daddy. You know, those wow, guys, yeah, yeah. I grew up around them all my life. Uh, yeah, George Benson, but all the other guys, the too. Yeah. Uh, Joe Zavanu, Wayne Shorter, Herbie. Right, right, Please. right. I was there for Herbie's uh, M1 Dishi band. They would rehearse in Uncle Bookie's place. And Wayne and, and Joe Zavano would rehearse at Uncle Bookie. Uncle Bookie had a recording studio in his house. Wow. On 87th Street. Now, is so this I'd the uncle that's, that's, part of, that's part of that back history that you yeah. should be writing a book about? Oh, that please, don't, don't, tell, don't tell on me. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna, but yes. Yeah, no, and I, yes. I put here, I said, we're going to keep that. Yes, we're going to yes, keep yes. everybody excited yes, yes, about yes. when that book comes out. Yes, yes. And that reads like a yes, movie, yes, uh, yes, an yes. unbelievable yes, story. Yes. But this is that's the him. Uncle Book's book. That's okay. him. Okay. Walter Booker, he's from D.C. He was a great player. He played for... Everybody, Sonny, uh, Sonny Rollins, uh, Monk, he, he was in, in uh, the service with Elvis. <laughs> he was. He was. He was in the service with Elvis. <laughs> it's funny, but he was in service with Elvis. But he came to New York and was played that upright bass, and uh, he played with Cannonball for years and years. He played with Sass, oh, excuse me, Sarah Vaughn for uh, many so years. I'm, we, I'm we sorry, love, I'm just no, no, being, we a, you know. He played with us, everybody, everybody, you know, and uh, uh, later, his later days, he played with uh, Jimmy Cobb and him, played with Sass for years, and then he came back and played with Jimmy Cobb with other other ensembles. He worked with Bertha Hope. I mean, you know, I was around them people. Yeah, all the time. So I, it was, it was, uh, you know, you just, it all just you, poured in. Yeah, you live and I knew it. about N Milton Nascimento, uh, uh, Hermeto Pasqua, all those Brazilians. Yeah. Long before, before everybody yeah. was a Jobim, wow. yeah, uh, the, wow. because them people are Brazilian. Yeah, Bookie was but, married to a Brazilian. My aunt Maria, uh -huh. she's in, uh, she's still in, alive, and she, I heard that every day, eating fish water <laughs> and all of that stuff. They'd go, buddy, are you Brazilian? <laughs> no follow, no follow. But the, uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Because, but I was, listen, I was blessed to be around an international kind of thing. Yeah. That's why I ended up on, like you said, all these records. Oh. But I never said no, and I was just... And I was always the sub. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Somebody else was supposed to be there, and they <laughs> oh, wow. said, well, well, call the kid. The kid's uh, called, buddy. He Here's a number. Cornell Dupree knew my number by heart. Wow. Which, them boys, the guys like yeah, that. Yeah, because, yeah. They'd yeah. say, well, he'd be, you know, smoking a spot. He said... Well, call this number or call service. <laughs> right. They'll find them in the registry. <laughs> right, right, they right, would, right. Yeah, but those guys, Eric Gale used to say, call Buddy, and we'd be out of here in about 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah that's right. Because, you know, waiting for it. these great gods yeah, to yeah. show up or wake up. <laughs> and there's one guy that's the notorious. He would book three, them jingle days or session day, jingle days especially. Uh -huh. yeah. He would book three 10 o'clocks. Really? He'd book a nine, and he'd accept three 10 o'clocks. He'd come early to one. Mm -hmm. He'd he hopefully he'd finish it real right, fast, right, and, to get and to then the go to the other ten, yeah. and be a little late for the other ten. And there's another ten he's supposed <laughs> to be on. He get there at ten thirty because the jingle's only sixty seconds, right, right. and he's assuming that it's gonna be okay and he can just oh. do that. But see, they let him do that. But once they got wind about, well, say me or Marcus yes, or these other yeah. guys, and the same thing. We'd be out of there, and he ain't double dipping. Right, I, I'd right. come in there, and place it, be there early. Uh -huh. Nervous is all, you know what? But uh, <laughs> and you know, cause same thing. They would write these little parts. Yeah. And 
I, I got to say, though, I, I keep saying Bill Eaton, but Bill Eaton is a great arranger, and mm -hmm. there would not be all those great hits that those guys wrote if it wasn't for Bill. He's the secret weapon. Right. But I say his name because he would meticulously write out a part, ah, bass drum and this and this yeah. and that, this is the groove I want. Mm -hmm. But if you played something, then he'd look at you and say, okay, now play, play what you want. Right. And I wouldn't deviate too far away from it because he knew what the film exactly. was doing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. He would lock everything into the film. Everybody else wasn't like that. I mean, the writers and the arrangers, they give you bass players part. Right. And you play something, <laughs> right, play something to it. Kind of round it, yeah. And then, but they didn't give you no, like I said, the writers respect giving you writers credit. But a lot of folks didn't write for drummers. Right. They just wow. don't. Well, you know, you brought up a, a movie, the scores of movies. Mm -hmm. you, you played on... Uh, countless television shows yeah. and movie scores and Broadway shows uh -oh. and uh, uh, for instance, I was watching the other night the SNL Live. Uh, you uh, were the, the 40th anniversary. Yeah, the 40th yeah. anniversary, and you were uh, the first 10 years. You were the drummer. I right? was the original. The original I, I put. Well, the story goes like this: I was there when they first started it up, and then the first show came, and it was George Carlin, but um, they didn't. Be nice. They didn't have it to, <laughs> you know how they don't didn't have it together yeah, just yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, Forty years ago, yeah. and um, I got a, a offer from Bette Midler uh, to do the what we now know as the Rose. Yes, yes. I did a tour with her. She had just stepped out. I'm gonna do my own thing, and mm. she dangled that carrot with that money <laughs> in my face, and I kind of split on those guys. But when I came back. I was there. Right, right. How I did was you there. get the gig? How did you get... Howard Johnson was the contractor and Bob Cranshaw. I was sitting with them the other night, and they were nudging me, uh, but, you know, <laughs> but Howard, uh, Howard Johnson was the contractor, and Bob Cranshaw was uh, the bass player for the show. But Bob Cranshaw is the godfather of, of, of the music business, period. He's played on every TV show. He's played with every jazz artist. He's played with... Um, he's the the reason why you have a Sesame Street right, right, so yes, hip yes, because yes. he was the the music guy and mm -hmm. then yeah he played the bass but he was the music guy and and like the other night when we were at the after party mm -hmm. they uh, they assumed by having a bunch of instruments set up up there gonna jump that up we there were just going to jump up there and jam and he said. <laughs> Hell, I ain't playing nothing. I'm the union man. Right. I ain't going up there. Right. But those right. guys, those guys were my influences. Howard Johnson had me in his band. Same thing. Sixteen years old, seventeen, played that great music with his tuba band uh -huh. and and all these arrangements. That, but did well, did he just call you up? Did he go, hey buddy, uh, there's, there's something yes, happening at, yes. that I want you to be a part of this band? Yes, That's yes how it because. Happened. Because uh, Earl McIntyre, my best friend, Earl McIntyre and I, and he's younger than I, and we went to music and art together. And Earl played all the brass, but he's a trombone player and bass, and you know, plays the tuba. Right. And Earl and I are best friends. And uh, Howard would say, uh, "Yeah, well, oh, yeah, Earl be done. He said that on drummer. He said, well, we can get Buddy. He said, oh yeah, Buddy.'" Yeah, yep. That's how they do it. He said, That's Oh, yeah, we can get Buddy. Respond. Oh, yeah, Buddy. You get Buddy. You know, <laughs> yeah, Buddy. I got my friend Buddy. He can play that stuff. Yeah. Really? And one, the one time I walked in and, and, and just tried to understand what. Really? You want me? Okay. You mean this? And they yeah. go, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Just that. Just, just yeah. keep playing that. Yeah. And then I grew and learned how to adapt to right. their thing because I, 
I didn't think I could. Wow. You know, you see all these great gods up there playing, and I'm like, wow. Oh, well, you are now the great nah, god. Nah, You've nah. been the great god for, I'm what, just hanging 700 out. albums ago? <laughs> I'm just hanging out. I'm just hanging out, sis. And for everyone you see on them websites, there's four other ones <laughs> that they didn't put down. Oh, this is true. Don't tell because, the IRS, though. No, because I was reading on your on your website. Um, oh, Lord, the, that, that thing's I know, terrible. Well, no, no, but they, the, the ongoing list, I, and uh, Bob Baldwin had this great quote that was so appropriate for you know, you're kind of sum up and looking at it, it is ongoing. It's always ongoing. But, you know, you just recently finished uh, Motown the Musical. Oh, boy. Uh, and, you know, without, um, <laughs> but, but, but by being still nice, how, tell us about that experience. How was oh, that? No, what, no, how no, did no. you get that? And Oh, and Motown the Musical has been in, in the works for a couple of years. Mr. Gordy's wrote a book called uh, To Be Loved, and it was his life story, his version, his self, you know, autobiography, I guess that's the term, right? Yeah, yeah. His autobiography, and he he wrote what went down, how he, how music happened, how his version of the Motown story. Now, that book was a, you know, New York Times bestseller. Any musician that uh, had any sense would read it, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean, yeah. and at least check it out, because the the history is there. However, uh, the money guys on Broadway came to him and said, look, we'd like to... It really wasn't his idea. Oh, oh okay, no, no, okay. no. Okay, the, yeah. the money guys... They told me to be nice, but yeah. the money guys... <laughs> you know who they, they came in and sat down and had an audience with him and said, listen, we want to we wanna turn your book into a Broadway play, and I think we could really do something with this. And mm -hmm. Of course, he was like, yeah, right. But once they showed him... That was it. They did. He said, they said, you got full throttle and you don't have to spend no money. We got, we got you. Oh, wow. He, he didn't spend any of his money. Wow. He'll tell you that. He didn't. These, the Broadway backing guys. Right, right, right. They did it. Wow. And these were the guys that did Rent, Avenue Q, and another uh, famous play that I can't remember right now. But. These were, you know, these yeah, wasn't no, cats, had, no, yeah, these weren't no amateurs. The these were right, the big right. money boys that knew what to do. Right. And that thing, you see what it did. It did 18 million wow, investment right, right away. Right. And um, they're taking my part that's on Broadway at the Lundfontein. They're taking all of that to London mm -hmm. to do a, a London run for a year. And then they're coming back. Wow. They swear they're coming back. Wow. But it was a great opportunity to play that music because... These are tunes we listened to all our yep. lives. We grew up. Yep. There's history. You can remember what you know, you saw your mom or your dad or your aunt, your sister, your cousin, all them songs at mm -hmm. the family reunions oh, or yeah. the dance that you were at or the or the gigs you played. Right, right, right. And uh, you know, I was one like your lady. Top forties. Top forty gigs. Yeah, gigs, yeah, right? yeah. So yeah, I I got called to come play after they did the this third version of it. And they were getting ready, not so much third version, but they were getting ready. This is it. We going to Broadway. Right, right. And they had a certain amount of folks that they did. And these guys kept, the, listen, Joseph Jobert, God bless him. He's a saint because he was the conductor and piano guy too. But he's the conductor. And he kept saying, y'all need to call Buddy. <laughs> call, call Buddy. He's, he, he's, you know, he's home. And, yeah, yeah. And please, you need to call Buddy. And uh, Joseph and I have worked on a lot of stuff. He went to... Uh, Performing arts here in New York, okay. and 
We've worked together a lot different. He and I were in, uh, I worked with him with color, The Color Purple. Oh, that's right. That I was, was in The Color the, Purple yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah, that's Linda right. Twine was the one, that, you know, yeah. the conductor. She she came and got me. She yeah. said, oh, no, 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 I, I want you. And the composers of, of The Color Purple were R, Brenda Russell, Allie Willis, Stephen Bray. Brenda Russell, I worked with for many years. Uh, I I known her for many years when I was with Roberta Flack, and mm-hmm. and uh, we did uh, "If Only for One Night," yeah, yeah, and yeah. I did it in my band uh, playing at Seventh Avenue South, mm-hmm. and the singer sang it. And Roberta was at one table, oh. <laughs> and Luther was at the other table, and I was on the road with Roberta, and Luther was singing background. And th- you see later on, they both did the song. They so, sure did. So uh, when we went to L.A. to play one time with Roberta at one of those outdoor beautiful venues, Brenda came to the hotel and everything, and, and they, she said, Roberta said, oh, yeah, we went to Buddy's gig, and he was doing your song. <laughs> All she came up and gave me a hug because, thank you, Buddy. Right, right, right. right. So she that was great one. Songwriter, right. Allie songwriter. Willis wrote all them lyrics for all them Earth, Wind, and Fire songs. Oh, okay. Allie Willis and I are friends. I'm, I'm being eclectic, but I'm showing you when you say, how you get all these gigs like that? Yeah, yeah, no, Allie no, no, Willis no. and I played, worked with Bette Midler, that yes, Bette okay. Midler gig. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Allie Willis was uh, very eclectic and outside of the. Like, for instance, there was some place in San Francisco, one, one of these places where we get to the venue and Allie Willis is standing outside and she would write lyrics with everybody and she was hanging with us. Oh, okay. But she couldn't get in the door because she didn't have the pass, you know, our pass, you know. Oh, she hadn't gotten her pass yet. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And there was this it. one mm-hmm. gorilla brother that wouldn't let her in. I said, she's with us, honestly. Just, well, she don't have no pass or nothing. <laughs> right. I said, well, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna stand. I'm the drummer. And I'm gonna stand out here with her. Okay. And you go play the drums. Ooh. And when 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 Miss you know comes up yeah, here and, yeah, and yeah. I, I'm, Where you not, are, I'm yeah. not leaving. Yeah. I'm not leaving her here. She's part of our group. Just like I wouldn't leave you. And you think we're trying to do something here? Right. Watch right, this. Right, so right, I stood wow. right there. Up rolls Bet's limo. Oh. Out gets uh, Brian Abnett with the with the chain yeah, on the yeah, Halliburton. Yeah, yeah. On, yeah. He had the the handcuff on his wrist oh. and the Halliburton. That was the money guy. <laughs> and here comes Bet. She says, what are you two doing out here? I said, he won't let her in, and she doesn't have a pass on. Bet says, I don't have a pass on. You got a problem with that? <laughs> and you know she ain't but two, two oh, feet yeah, high. Yeah, I love, I love and, you know, and, and she had the gown on, so it was all out. So the guy was like, oh, I'm, just, I'm just doing my job. She said, well, I'm getting ready to go do my job. And I need him to do his job, and it looks like he's not gonna move unless you unless you let her in there. So you're not gonna have a job in a minute. So meanwhile, Brian with the with the chain and the Halliburton on, he's oh my god, oh my god. Here, here, here. Take mine. Take mine. I said, wait, he's not gonna let you in now. And everybody's looking at me, laughing like, shut up. Shut up! You made your point. Right, right. You did make his excellent. But you know that that so Allie Willis that that's too yeah, right. Okay. Stephen Bray is a great drummer uh, and a writer. Madonna, but da, 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 da. okay. So he's one of them drum guys. You were saying like, y- y'all got buddy. <laughs> right. y- y- y'all better right. y'all better get buddy before, before right, he right, changes right, his right. mind. Right. Meanwhile, where was I? Ninth Avenue playing at uh, Jezebel's. Miss yes. Miss uh, Alberta's wonderful restaurant. Yes, and she had a little jazz 
you know, yeah, a little she, yeah, she bar, did little jazz, yes, that little jazz bar. Yeah. My little drums was in the window, and, and me and Andy <laughs> Esrin and, and uh, Gary Haas or somebody, we sitting there tinkering, tinkering. And I looked out the window, and there's Linda Twine and gave me this look like, What you doing in there? Get out of there. So she came inside, and when we finished the scent, she said, We have a theater, and we're going to do this color purple. And you got to co- I've already told the composers wow. that you said yes. I was like, yes, ma'am. Wow. Linda Twine is my, uh, my, my uh, upperclassman at Manhattan School of Music. She and Aziza, uh, oh, yes, Linda yes, Williams. Yes, yes. Aziza, the two Lindas, Linda uh-huh. Twine and Linda Williams, uh-huh. those sisters were going to uh, Manhattan School of Music. And my professor at Manhattan School of Music was... Valerie Capers, yes. who I ah, said to you before. You earlier. So okay. there you go again. Here's these people it's that do do these yeah. musics, yeah. these different t- styles of music, and I sit there and try to play and keep up. Right. I don't right. learn what they're trying to do, and they nurtured me through these things. Here comes Linda Twine. Linda Twine was the conductor for The Wiz. Yes. She was a conductor yes, for, yes. I mean, you know. Yeah, yes. She, these yeah. were Broadway people. Right. I'm not a Broadway guy. Right, right. But, but the the, the no, no but no wait the the color purple people didn't want a Broadway guy they didn't oh, want a boomchick boomchick oh, no wow okay they want those writers that I I illustrated to you earlier yeah, yeah, specifically mm-hmm. did not want a Broadway guy they had a vibe that they wanted and when we had our rehearsals and the and I got writers credits for my parts wow. That's why I'm saying all that other stuff to yeah, you because yeah, you don't yeah. always get that respect yeah. or that, that love and the understanding. But you don't come in there with a sledgehammer and beating them over the head because you do want to get that check and go home. Yeah, right? that's true. That is very true. You know true. what I mean? You're yes, trying to I keep sure your do. job. Oh, so yeah. you know yeah. what you say and don't say to your boss. And all of this is a blessing because everybody, it don't always go down like this. Right, right. So I've had more than a blessed life and all of that stuff yeah. and without being Reverend Al Sharpton and, and our <laughs> other metaphysical folks. Right. But the, somebody uh, has been looking out for me because yeah. look look, look at that. Yeah. I mean, even amazing. with color, even with Motown, the guy came to my bar gig on the night of my birthday. Uh-huh. It's raining cats and dogs and they basically kind of, he said, uh, this was the music supervisor. A month before, everybody kept saying, Okay, bud, you got this, and the contractor called me, and this one called me, but they said, but the music supervisor has to has to come and 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 you know officially. Right. Like, don't worry, you know. And meanwhile, I'm going. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, right. I I don't believe this. Uh-huh. Look at look at what happens. The universe sent the the young man and his wife wow. to my gig on a Monday night. I played at right 78th in uh, Columbus. He went down in the basement club, and we played. And he said I was hired, and then I, I did the father thing. I said, what you kids doing out here in this ring? Y'all need to go go home. Right. Why are you in this ring? Right, Why are you right, in this right. ring? Go, go home. So, you know, I'm still a parent. Wow. And the guy says that, to, here I meet this guy, and I come to his gig, and he buys us drinks and his kid, and he sends us home like we're his kids. Wow. But not like that. I didn't, meet, I didn't do it like as a, uh, I, I was concerned because, Here's his little wife. They live in Long Island, and it was December, and it was not snowing, but right, the but raindrops yes, was yeah. killing. And they're sitting there smiling because wow. we're playing James Brown songs. Yeah, we're playing yes, Motown exactly. songs. We're playing stuff. They had a room full of people. Right. Uh, I never expected it to be like that, and uh, they were very uh, nice to me. The arrangements were different from what we uh, what you would expect because it is Broadway. 
and they had so many songs to squeeze in in two hours and 40 minutes and believe me it was um, everything was moving real fast. Right. So right. you're used to them song. The, right, right, the, the, right, 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 right. Thing right, is right. going like that, and they're, <laughs> and they're jumping around the stage and right, doing, right. you know. So, but uh, it was a great experience, and uh, I, I'm I'm very thankful for it. This concludes part one of Tales from the Jazz Side with drummer composer Buddy Williams. <laughs> The jazz side is always there, waiting for us to enter and waiting to enter us. So, until next time, unplug your ear holes, for you never know what worlds may be waiting.